0: It's around the house. I'm happy we didn't have smell-o-vision for that when you guys were pulling that carpet up, by the way. That you know looked disgusting. Was,
1: okay, so here's what was really gross. Um, when we started doing that, it didn't smell when you walked into the room. Sure. So I expected, was I wouldn't say I expected, I was concerned that we would find some stuff just because you and I both know being in the construction industry, like sometimes Corners get cut, unfortunately, and we've all been there and seen that. Yeah, as much. Nothing's as we that. ever cleaned
0: up 100. percent
1: Yeah, and because of like how the family came to own the home, like that carpet had already been replaced. So in my mind, I'm like, I bet we're gonna find some unfortunate yeah. circumstances. But the minute you lifted that carpet, I think Mikkel said it smelled like raw meat. And that was a, it smelled rancid. It was the grossest.
0: When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House Show. This is where we talk about everything home improvement, construction, DIY, design every single week. Thanks for joining us. I have my good friend in the house here. Two girls garage sarah listy there are so many th- i can't even put you in a box
1: <laughs>
0: why bother you know no.
1: it's, it's okay
0: <laughs> welcome to around the house and famous TV show person too.
1: Oh my heavens to Betsy. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. You had to throw in that, that joke. <laughs> the famous TV person. You had to go there. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. You know me, this is what we do. So right. <laughs> first no, off, I'm pumped to be here. yeah, I love your show by the way. And thank I don't you. say that a lot about stuff and it's not just because I've got a friend up there, but it's a real legitimate show that I go, oh wow, this is not, Super scripted. You're no. out there doing the murder house.
1: No, in fact, there, I mean, there's no scripting behind it, which I was excited about. You know, we hear, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but when you go into uh, a TV scenario, you never really know what to expect. And this exactly. was my first filming experience like that. And so I was concerned that like, that was going to be pushed a lot. Like, Hey, say this or say that. Obviously there's questions asked, but all the answers are like 100% authentic. And, you know, I mean, Mikkel and I had so much fun in sometimes those like interviews where it's just him and I and the producer. Oh my gosh. The stuff that like ended up on the cutting room floor. You can't imagine.
0: It was amazing. nice. So we're talking about murder house flip over on original Roku. So yeah, it is a Roku original.
1: original. So it's, which cool with Roku is it's a free service. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe it's in 80 million households now. Yeah. yeah. So they're in a bunch of different countries. Uh, And if you don't have a Roku at home, you can obviously go onto the Roku website. Um, Again, it's one of their few originals and they're expanding, they're doing some big stuff. So I think there's, you know, going to be some exciting, fun stuff uh, coming for them. I wish I had like inside scoop. I don't, but um, (laughs) just the little tidbits. I hear it sounds like it's going to be a really fun couple of years for them.
0: Nice. That's cool. So let's talk about the show a minute before we get into like all the other fun tool and project stuff, but yes, this thing, you guys started out with a bang on this, that episode, you guys just like started out with the rocket ship Ferrari or something. You did oh, not man. hold back on the first episode.
1: You know, what's funny is uh, when we filmed the show, that episode, believe it or not, we filmed last. It just came down to like, you know, uh, scheduling and stuff. And we obviously, you know, you don't know how that stuff's going to get ordered out. And I'm glad yeah. they used that as the first one because it was a really big project. And it was such a recent, I mean, it was the Jody Arias house where she murdered yep. her then-boyfriend Travis Alexander, really tragic, gruesome murder. Brutal. Oh, my gosh. And very little of the house had been updated or changed. So by the time we came in, even though it's been, I want to say it's like 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it was almost eerie looking at crime scene pictures and, like, being like, oh, my God, this is the same tile. Like, I mean, some stuff, yeah, but it was still... It was a little creepy. It was creepy. the
0: same bathroom sink was Shower creepy. and everything. Yeah. It was a,
1: that was pretty gross. Um, But, you know, I think it's when this couple bought the house, it didn't occur to them through that process that, like, sure. this was that house. It just didn't cross their mind. They just thought they were getting a really great deal. And by the time they found out, they couldn't do anything about it, you know. And so it was a big honor, I think, to be able to, you know, be a part of something like that and to be able to walk into you know a family's home and like that family that young kids and you know oh. it was a family house um and to be able to walk in and be a part of changing something you know really negative and dark and making it something so positive yeah. um i mean when we left like there was not a dry ice dry eye in the house like the that was such an impactful crazy moment. It was definitely a high note, um, to wrap filming the show on for sure. That feeling was, uh, I I've told you obviously in our conversations, like you couldn't, if you could bottle that emotion of <laughs> like showing this family a house and like these, and it wasn't just them, it was all of them. Like, oh, my gosh, that would be amazing. You just want to, like, smell it on a bad day or something, you know? Yeah,
0: and by the way, smelling on a bad day, I, I'm happy we didn't have smell-o-vision for that when you guys were pulling that carpet up, by the way. That you know looked disgusting.
1: Was, okay, so here's what was really gross. Um, when we started doing that, it didn't smell when you walked into the room. Sure. So I expected, was I wouldn't say I expected, I was concerned that we would find mm-hmm. some stuff just because, you and I both know being in the construction industry, like sometimes corners get cut, unfortunately. And we've all been there and seen that. Yeah. As much as we
0: cleaned up a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And because of like how the family came to own the home, like that carpet had already been replaced. So in my mind, I'm like, I bet we're going to find some unfortunate circumstances, but the minute you lifted that carpet, I think Mikkel said it smelled like raw meat yeah. And that was a it smelled rancid. It was the grossest, like <laughs> I don't even know it was so bad. Like I literally can vividly remember the smell. and it's like, there goes dinner. My appetite's gone for sure. but, um,
0: it was it's like you opened up death's door and you were staring oh, into it. It was just it,
1: it was so we just didn't the smell is not what I would have expected yeah. because it's I mean. Ew. It was, yeah, it was hard to explain. I'm glad that the smell a vision that would have been convenient, yep. but it was, yeah. Just thinking see, of that was,
0: Oh, but see knowing you, I watched yeah. that. I know uh, your reaction. I'm like that. There's no way that's scripted. I can tell that is a hundred percent real. Cause that was just 100% Sarah right there. I was just <laughs> laughing. going, there it is. There it oh, is. That God. is the real deal.
1: Well, it's funny because you had mentioned that I had a couple other people that have known me over the years say something similar. And I'll be honest, like of all of the positive feedback of all the, any feedback that I think meant the most to me, because it's very hard when you get put in a weird situation and you know, you're, I always felt like I was 100% me, but the fact that everybody else also saw that was, I know it sounds dumb, but like it really meant a lot for me to hear because you just don't know how things are going to get, you know, you just don't know.
0: You hope and pray that editing does you a favor and doesn't yeah. go the other direction and not yeah. do you a favor because.
1: That would have I been mean, bad.
0: So really you guys did a, what a f- four or five days and had to make 20 minutes out of that. I mean.
1: Yeah, it was like that house was five full days of filming and it was 25 minute episodes. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, which it sounds weird. I think you and I talked about this, but it was so crazy because those days were long days. There's a lot, and, mm-hmm. and there's crews that are working behind us too. And there's so much that you don't even get to see because so much gets cut out. Um, but also like it makes for a really fun storyline because I think obviously, especially in, in the renovation TV world, as much as I wish some more, we could have seen or some, as I could have shown more, um, It I feel like it kept a nice pace and it kept it fun and interesting. You know, there weren't really any lulls in the show, which I think obviously is a credit to not for them being quicker episodes, you know?
0: And then you had some challenges too. I mean that the golden state killer house had its own challenge. I looked at that and was like, as a designer, I'm going, wow, you've got some challenges here on trying to make that feel safe.
1: Well, and, and, you know, that one was sad because, uh this woman had the owner, she beautiful, beautiful woman. Her name's Karina, beautiful mm-hmm. home. Her and her yeah. young kids had bought this house and they found out um, shortly after she purchased it, she had construction crews working there. She wasn't living there yet. Yeah. And she got a call that they were, there were news crews out front of the house recording. And so hearing that, and then of course, you know, the, you know, things start to make sense. People start to give her information Um, and then she realizes, oh my God, what am I going to do? And her bedroom was the room re-renovated. And that was unfortunately where the golden state killer like entered and, you know, committed this just, I mean, Eric, the atrocious
0: crime. Yeah. Oh
1: my gosh. I mean the, some of the stuff that you guys, that the, uh, detective that was a huge part of that investigation told us like that was so hard to wrap your head around. Like we got to see the Creek where he hid and like, it was,
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So I mean, now, all the stuff that didn't make the show, I mean, they talked about yeah. the the dishes for a second and that was it.
1: And you know, there was so much more to that story because like he went and ate a snack in their kitchen while <sighs> like in the midst of this brutal cry. I mean, it was just, I mean, of all the houses that we did, I would say that one was the one that, I had the hardest time with too, just like as an individual being in it. And then trying to really, cause so much a part of like how I viewed it was what would I do if I were these homeowners? What would I sure. want to change? How, you know what I mean? Like how would I feel better here? Um, that one was the hard one. Cause you just yeah. were like, what's going to make you feel better. And you
0: couldn't uh, do you know, anything if, in the exterior cause the HOA type stuff. Cause it was more of a condo type community. It looked like,
1: right. Yeah, and it was, and this, I mean, really beautiful little community, but yeah, there's, you were stuck with what you could really do. And so it was, it was a interesting experience. I will say too, that one was, uh, a challenge for Mikel and I, from a different standpoint, um, obviously the emotion and, and just limited with HOA, but also she had beautiful taste to start with. Like it was a beautiful space. (laughs) So you kind of felt like going in and you're like, okay, so, what do you want me to do?
0: <laughs> like, yeah, it's 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 like you got a brand new 2022 F250, and you're yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna repaint it again. You're but like, what, then, what am I supposed to do
1: here? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so really? it was,
1: yeah, and we we really took a risk with her with that space for sure. Uh, I, and McKellen, I really talked about it a lot because it was kind of like, you know, how far do we want to push her out of her comfort zone? Because we knew her yeah. personality, obviously through previous discussions. And then of course you get to see a lot of that on camera, but, um, you know, we, we really wanted to make it right for her and, and wanted to do her proud. And so it was, yeah, it was, that was tough. And you, you, you kind of have to roll with it. And we had all these hurdles too, because, uh, I was concerned going into it because of course there's been discussions like behind the scenes with production and the media team and, uh, and the art department, et cetera. And they're, obviously trying to come up with plans. So, you know, photos are taken, et cetera. And I kept looking at it and I was like, I don't think this is going to work here with the doors. And once we were there, I was like, uh uh-uh. and I said, you know, until the day of, I was like, Hey, we're going to try. Cause I think it would look really good. And I felt like it was the least intrusive option. Um, but I think what we ended up doing with kind of like the double French doors where it really didn't look anything like, it had started out. Um, I yeah. think that ended up being really the right call, um, for her too. Cause I think she would have been more, I don't know. I don't know that like that would have barn doors would have fit her style, especially after yeah. meeting her in person versus early meetings, you know, I
0: could see that. I could see that. And, it, and it's tough having to build barn doors like that on site, get it to work without it yeah. looking like completely cheese ball.
1: It was. And we, we had already done like this big board and batten uh, design through the entire uh, yeah. bedroom. And so I will say what ended up being very cool is we could just continued it on those yeah. doors. And so it really did feel like just part of the room. And when you walked out, like from the outside, it looked like a sliding glass door. Yes. But from the inside, it didn't. So it it ended up being really an interesting process. It was one, I'm, I'm really glad we got to be a part of it. Kind of stretch your muscles a little bit, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. You know, sometimes you gotta have those challenges, right?
0: You do. You do. One other thing, my daughter brought this up because we had a bunch of, her kids were over last night and their friends were over, you know, they're all in their twenties and we're watching and, and, uh, I popped it on and they got sucked in, but here's the funny thing. (laughs) It was hilarious. And so I sent you a text last night with a picture of them out there watching it, but Here was the funny thing they took away from it, which I just laughed. Alfalfa's house. What's with the age of old television shows? You know, it's not like you're talking about, you know, if Mark Hamill was killed, you wouldn't say it was Luke Skywalker that just got killed.
1: I don't know. You You know know, what I I mean? Yeah. It's funny because... uh, you know, we had a guy like our expert on that house. He had like written a graphic novel cuz that murder happened in the 50s. Yeah, it was a long um, time ago. Yeah, so or late fi- yeah, or I think it was mid-50s. It was a really yeah. long time ago. So he was telling the story and obviously one of the hard parts is is you know, uh and I guess we we shouldn't call it murder either because the person was Yeah, that's COVID. true. That's a yeah, good it, point. Yeah. Yeah, so it, so let me re rephrase Unintentional that.
0: intentional murder or yeah, death or whatever died, you want to call it. Yeah.
1: The death. Um, but listening to the story too, it sounded like he did the Alfalfa series or he played Alfalfa and then he had a really hard time finding work mm-hmm. afterward and it really kind of snowballed his life in a lot of really difficult ways. So you really do have a lot of sympathy, you know, for him. And, and I'll say that the, the other five houses that we did, so obviously the golden state killer, that was a serial yeah. killer. It was different. Yeah. Um, and the areas one a little weird, but the other ones was really like crimes of passion, you know, where mm-hmm. somebody, something happened, some interaction just got out of control and somebody got hurt. And it was yeah. really sad to hear that. Like, I mean, I don't know. You just kind of just glad that it's, I, I don't know. I mean, it was, yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's a trip. It's a trip. Yeah, It
1: really was. It was hard to hear it, but yeah, the Alfalfa House. It was funny that we referred to it that way because.
0: But everybody does it, and it's not that you guys did it, but I, I I still don't remember the name of that actor. And it's funny how that era that we put people, yeah, in by the character name and not by the actor's name. But But I wonder if now.
1: I wonder if it's because, yeah, people move on to play so many roles throughout, like, a 20-year career, 30-year career. Yeah. I think back then, like, if you played a role, like, that was the role. I don't think they produced as many shows, like, in terms of volume. Now there's, you know, cable and every streaming platform, yeah. et cetera. Like, to be fair, it's – I wonder if it's just a – just a sheer volume changes how that works. Yeah, that you makes know? sense. I mean, because you didn't have a lot of, like, Lucille Balls. It was like a – one of a few, right? Like absolutely. Yeah. And she really played herself more than anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, she did. As and that's, the, that? and that was the good part of what she did was she just had to go out and be herself with that. Stuff.
1: Yeah. It, she's a, she was, I, I love her. That was, she was amazing. Oh yeah. They don't absolutely. make it like that anymore.
0: No, no, not even no, close. No, not at all. <laughs> so let's talk about what you're doing. I mean, enough about the TV show. That's all yeah, cool and yeah. stuff, but man, you have built a career around, Building, crafting, tools, yeah. all of that, and a just of, building cool stuff.
1: A little of everything. You know, it's funny when I came into the power tool industry. Um, you know, little background. I was—I always say I was like raised with a hammer in my hand. My dad was mm-hmm. like the original DIY or like before DIYing was cool. Like I grew up watching, you know, this old house, like Bob Vila, like that. Yep. Literally, just I can hear his voice so distinctly. And it's such an emotional tie to my childhood. Um, but my dad was one of those that really was super passionate about making everything he touched better somehow. And he mm-hmm. was that way with people, too. I mean, he was that was a really neat facet of him, something that hasn't changed. Um, but as a child, it was really cool when you see somebody um, like one of your parents, you know, renovating a bathroom to make it yeah. handicap accessible for my grandmother who lived with us or building an addition on the back of my childhood home. Those things mm-hmm. are really mentally, emotionally impactful. They were like these moments that you, you kind of can't forget. But I mean, I saw him do all kinds of stuff from those kinds of additions. He had his uh, construction business on the side where he did renovations and, and construction additions, et cetera, for other people too.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: In addition to his full-time jobs, this man never stopped working. I have no idea how he did it. Um But then, you know, I also got to see him like rebuild engines and like he was super frugal. He still is. And it's like a lost art. Like you talk about a jack of all trades. That was my dad. So I saw all of that growing up. And so I never felt intimidated or scared of building in general. And when I was in my mid 20s, I had had my son and, um, you know, obviously not to get into that too much, but. I always credit him a lot with kind of directing me towards more woodworking because mm-hmm. um, he was early in his autism diagnosis and he was having a lot of um, health issues and it was a really difficult time. Um, and it was one of those, I would go out in the shop and it, at that point it was literally my garage and it was like half of the garage and it was like a yeah. handful of tools really. Um, and I would just work on different projects and it was like this I always called it therapy. And yeah, it it's your mental from- health minute
0: building something, right?
1: Yeah, and there's something about that mix of the creativity and then also having to critically think of, like, structure and, like, how do I need to incorporate supports here and what am I looking for this to support and then even to height. It's I mean, it's, you know, so it's it's what do you want it to look like, but then it's how it needs to be built. And then Mm -hmm. also the sensory experience of, like, the smell of wood and, uh, you know, fine-tuning your tools and learning all those learning curves, especially when you're really trying to hone in on some, like, detail work um, and just the feel of sanding. And I mean, it's just such an amazing, all encompassing. It uses like every aspect of your brain. And honestly, from there, I never looked back. I, on the media side, obviously of what most people know of me today, that really didn't start till, you know, five or six years ago, I Mm -hmm. started doing uh, power tool reviews for a publication and it was a really amazing experience. And Slowly but surely got into it more and more, and then ended up sort of spinning out of my own and sort of initially really known as a writer, if you will, more on the, you know, writing about power tools, right? And, yeah. and reviewing these products. Um, but honestly, it really came down to I was spending more time talking about tools and using them, which was not really the design of myself, you know, because yeah. I wanted my opinion and my, my, feedback on a product and on a tool and on an innovation to really be, to really come from experience in it and, and, and Mm -hmm. use, you know, and, and, and hours behind that tool and hours using it and really tried and true and tested. And so I kind of switched, you know, shifted gears a little bit. So now it's much more of a hybrid situation. I still do right. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny how it all kind of, I just focused more on what I was doing with the tools rather than the tool itself, if that
0: makes sense. Nice. And, you know, manufacturers, I can say this for myself, and I'm sure it's the same for you. Sometimes manufacturers put us in an interesting position where they send us tools yeah. that suck.
1: Yeah, we've been there. We've you know, been there. I mean,
0: you, you get it. And you're like, wow, you're going to produce this. And yeah, you're very and honest. I'm very honest. And that puts us in these interesting situations sometimes where we're like, oh, I'm going to talk about this. And it's a dud.
1: And and honestly, I think it's all in, you know, we've talked about this too in the past. I think also meeting a tool brand where they're at, you know, like I wouldn't expect a entry level like DIY based tool to go up against, you know, a Fez tool or Makita or Milwaukee even, you know, like I wouldn't expect that's not a fair comparison. Um, So I think obviously from the context of like when I discuss a tool, I'm really going off of the intended user. And then I'd always say like, if you're say a pro who does this occasionally, maybe this still works or, you know what I mean? Like you try to give context to it. I think that's really valuable. Um, but there's nothing worse than when a brand is really excited about a product (laughs) and you get it and you're like, um, so yeah, about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) tough. And we've got, you know, and and I can say this about most power tool companies out there that are just the name brand, people that have been doing construction and I'm not saying anything bad about anybody, but they start getting into, okay, I'm going to make power tools and wow, now we're a lawn equipment company or now we're a yeah. coffee making company. And now we're a
1: Dude. dial back
0: guys dial it back. Can you just make really good tools that we can yes. use and not try to be everything to everybody?
1: Right. And you know, diversification is great, right? Only if though you're not sacrificing quality to do it. Once exactly. you start sending out or once you start producing products that are kind of lame that you're like, yeah. nobody is going to use this against this brand. Or like, especially if you're going against a brand that that's all they do, like yeah. don't compare it to, you know, this specialty manufacturer. That's all they're doing is OPE or whatever. Right. Yeah, Like your lawnmower is not going to stack up or your blower is not going to stack up and
0: chainsaw or whatever. Yes. Yeah,
1: right? Stop expecting it to. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, 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 it's business models, right? Like we've talked about this Mm -hmm. also, like there's brands that produce hundreds of new tools every year. And obviously that's, they're right. Um, I'm always hesitant to put a lot of my energy into that because to me, unless you're making, you know, just updated SKUs, basically and changing like one or two small details. And it's the same as the last model. What happens is quality gets sacrificed a lot. And, and I think, you know, you and I noticed not to name names, but that has happened with a handful of brands that we both know and and have worked with. And
0: <laughs> I'm pointing to them on my wall, but we're not. You can't okay, see my I was wall. Like, I was like,
1: "Can people see
0: that?" <laughs> nope, they can't. <laughs> right? Where I'd
1: rather see those companies. You know, in contrast, there's there's those companies that are like launching ten new tools a year, or something, or twenty, or whatever. Right? Yeah. Depending on the brand. And they tend to just be so well thought out that like Mm -hmm. if they're bringing it to market, it's because like blood, sweat and tears went
0: into it. Yeah. You know, and versus us being the test audience and going, hope it works. Yeah.
1: Now, I will say, too, one thing that's that's neat to like switch gears kind of but in the same vein, um, you probably get the opportunity like I do where I'll have tools pre-production. Yes. So that is an interesting position because it's not meant to be talked about publicly. They're Correct. literally asking for our feedback on it, which is yep. such a crazy thing to like, no, uh, it's very humbling. Cause you're like, this brand is literally so invested in my opinion that they're going to take my feedback and do something with it.
0: And usually just so people can understand it's tools show up. It's not in the final packaging. It's in the, it's in right. a box. There's yeah. maybe not instructions that come with it, you know, Yes. There's
1: oftentimes it'll say like number one of 12 yeah. or whatever, however many production units. Yeah. So is. it's,
0: it's really rudimentary. And they're just saying, Hey, um, go play with it hard and let us know what we didn't do. Right.
1: Yes. And, and, and in those cases, once those tools come out and you can talk about it, you know, my perspective, I always give it a little attitude knowing it wasn't the final production version sure. to be fair. Okay. Just, yeah. Um, but I also always do say that. So I yeah. think disclosure is important. Uh, you know, power tool reviews is such an interesting space. Cause like, especially when you're at a point where you're getting sponsorships and, and we do get free tools and oftentimes yep. then also get, you know, compensated on top of that. But like how you and I've always approached it. And I, I, we've talked about this before. Yeah. There's not a single brand that has ever written me a check that I did not buy tools before they ever knew who I existed. Amen. Yeah. Like I, and if I wouldn't spend the money on it, like I'll say that. And if people don't like it, like from a brand perspective, I would never be disrespectful. I would also, you know, I always go out of my way to let the brand know, like, this is what I'm going to criticize. I want you to know so that there's not a surprise, you know, but mm-hmm. that nobody gets control over what I say, you know, and that's so important. Cause I think that gets lost in the mix too a little bit.
0: Oh, I had a I had a company and I'm going to very make this so nobody knows who I'm talking about, but they'd sent me a, a a drill and a you know, power impact and drill yeah. set and saw and in my video I went I mean, if you're a homeowner this might work for you, but you're not going right. to build a house with it.
1: Right. And also too, like to be fair, if you are a homeowner and you're looking to like set up bookcases or you're looking to hang a few pictures or whatever, do you need a four hundred dollar drill and impact set? no, like, of course not so i and I think that's where that perspective like what a perfect way to say that because yeah it's it is not a pro level tool, but it's if you don't need that, that's pretty awesome too, you know, yeah,
0: if it's inexpensive and it's in your ballpark and you're doing yeah. it, it's, you know who cares great it'll it'll get the job done, but you know, the other part of that too is, and I have this argument as well with many people in the woodworking industry and, mm. and builders or modelers out there, you can take a skilled crafts person and give them a horrible tool and they will struggle building that awesome as well.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny. So I, I have, I see both sides yep. of that. I feel that tools are part of it. I mm-hmm. think the, I think good tools maybe make your process easier, but like nobody can replace skill like an experience. No tool is going to come in and be able to like do what I can do on its own without me behind it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. So I feel like, I I, I don't know, I couldn't quite tell if that's where you're going with that, but I think that that's a huge part of it is like, I, I know people who literally are in their garage using tools they bought at Walmart and do work that is so beyond anything else that, you know, Joe Blow is making with his high-end stuff. Like, it's just, I think, skill and, like, true effort and time and passion for it. I think that stuff, you can't buy that, where you no, can buy better not tools. At all.
0: Not you at know? all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. You can you can go out and spend $10,000 in a shop. And if you still don't have that skill and that attention to detail, it's yeah. still going to look at that versus you sitting there with, you know, 40 year old power equipment. That's that, that should be on a shelf in a, in a museum versus in your, in your shop.
1: <laughs> so well said though, but I think it's, an, I do think it's, you know, it's, it is such a kind of a weird juxtaposition. Cause I think sometimes, uh, the power tool industry, you know, and it's not really directed at any one brand or one manufacturer yeah. or even the attitude really. I think though part of it is that newer, better, faster, stronger, whatever. And I think we've lost a little bit of sight of like skill. Yes. And being willing to say, like we've, you know, I I posted yesterday, I'm welding something. I am not a welder. Okay can I weld? Yes. Yes. Big difference though, right?
0: (laughs) Huge difference.
1: Big difference. I am not a welder, but I can weld. It'll pass with some work to clean up. Um, but it's, I, and I think saying that sometimes is like necessary. I I feel strongly that I think and this comes down to that social media aspect, really more than anything, that it's so easy to kind of like overstate Ourselves, and like, there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm not an expert in this. I want to hear from you. Like, I want your feedback. You're the expert. Tell me, teach me. Because I think that kind of like arrogance, if you will, and I don't know if that's the right word, but um, there
0: is some a little bravado, a little arrogance,
1: kind of being unwilling to hear other people. I think that that that's a very common thing that we see. And what ends up happening is, unfortunately, you're not doing yourself any favors because. I can learn from somebody who's done it 50 years something I would have never known. But I'm gonna also say that if somebody just got into something and they have a different method that works and it's working for them, there's not one right or wrong. It's just Correct. different. Yeah. And I think you can also equally learn from somebody who's approaching it for the first time. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that, yeah, like let's all respect our, you know, where you're at and and be willing to share my information and your information, you know, like share what, you know, and also listen to what you see so that, you know, we can be the best we can be, you know, like team effort.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. no different than when I had a, uh, and I, I know I drive them crazy sometimes, but when I had the electrician out to to redo the panel in my house a couple of years oh, ago, yeah. it needed a new one. I didn't have time to do it. And I, yeah. I, I could have done it. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to have them do it. We, you know, got it taken care of, but, did I spend a bunch of time watching and chatting with the electrician, 100%. learning little tricks and tricks, hundred yeah. percent. Same with my heating and cooling system. When they came in, uh, I knew the guys, so it was even better. So I learned oh, yeah. a lot of details on what's right and what's not so right. And right. there was a lot of cool little details that I learned that before that project, I didn't really know it. Cause I don't do it every day.
1: Well, and it's funny. I had a, uh, when actually when I was in Portland, um, we replaced the spring set up on both of our garage doors and I could do I have done this? No question. That's yeah. not the issue though. Did I want to do it? Heck no, not really. So we paid somebody to come in and this is the same person that we've worked with in the past year, many years ago. And my husband was like, you know, he was really cool. He knew who you were. And we talked about that a little bit. Um, and he said, you know, but just curious, he asked why you didn't want to do it yourself. And I, and Matt already knew when, when obviously Matt's my husband, um, and he said, you know, it's, it comes down to, I, I'm going to value somebody's skill. You know what I mean? That is something that if in an emergency I needed to do a hundred percent, I've repaired more than my fair share of garage doors. Sure. Did I want to completely do it? Especially when you're dealing with like springs and tension and it's like, can be dangerous and it's going to take me two days probably to do what they could do in a couple hours. Yep that is there's is value in respecting somebody else's experience but when i've worked with them in the past like i asked a million questions and sure. i think that that's you know it may not be something i'm doing day to day but why wouldn't you want that information you know like curiosity oh, yeah. is our greatest gift right like yeah and we're th- never going to f- be
0: bored i had asked cheese I, I, what was it? 6 months ago i was heading out go running through the garage garage door shuts and i hear boom, as the one of the springs let go, you know? And, and of course I looked at it and, you know, I know two people that broke their jaw with the doing garage doors. And I just went, you know, um, this is cheaper than my hospital deductible and can I do it? it. Absolutely. but Exactly. So it's time, but then
1: it's also like, if you do get hurt and it takes you out of you know, and like, I had a lot going on at the time and like with traveling and stuff. And, and so one of the doors was messed up, but they were both like 15 years old, the Springs were. So like, it was, it was time anyway. And we oh, yeah. knew that. And so I had budgeted for it at some point this year to do. And so I was like, just get them both done at the same time, like be done, you know, like, yeah. and, and that way we're inconveniencing somebody less because this person can do this job and, you know, half the time or whatever. than if I called them out two different occasions and, it less work for me. Cause now nobody had to be here twice. Twice, and, yep. Yeah. I think it's sometimes too. We, we all forget that like, you know, all of our time is worth money, mm-hmm. but also like your sanity and, and <laughs> like, what do you have on your plate? Like I was like, I don't have it in my schedule to fit that in.
0: Oh no, you I were out hanging easy. out with me. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. And <laughs> then I'm leaving Saturday for LA. So like, it's like, Oh my God, you know, and then I'm home for a few weeks and I'm out again.
0: Exactly. You know, yeah. it never
1: really ends.
0: Yeah, no. And that's, that's a good call because there's a lot of things I can tackle, but that yeah. was just one of those that I'm like, you know, I'm going to spend hours just making sure I got the right spring. Exactly.
1: Well, and so I will say something, there are times
0: I really don't mind,
1: I want to say toughen it out. Like if something like when I've rebuilt like small mower engines and stuff mm-hmm. like that, those are some of the best learning experiences oh, possible. Yeah. Um, but in my mind too, you have to calculate the risk. Like what I was doing to it, like worse was, it wasn't going to start. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't going to lose time in my mind, what I was gaining was experience and knowledge in it. And so you could say that for the garage door thing, but springs have hurt a lot of people. So there's a time when you're just like electricity, right? Just Mm -hmm. like sometimes calling in the experts and letting them do it makes way more sense than like kind of beating your head against the wall.
0: Oh, yeah. You know what I, I mean, mean like, I, I, I have built my own race motors. I have yeah. rebuilt transmissions. Doing a garage door spring technically is not that hard, but I just looked at it and went, yeah, I'm not going to get hurt doing this that today. I just don't have the time for that.
1: You know what it is, too? You're going to laugh, but like I hate being on ladders for like <laughs> long periods of time. So that is part of my consideration is like, standing up there with your arms above your head for like hours. I mean, because again, it's not something I'm an expert in. And I'm like, what is that going to do the rest of the week when I have to get work done? Even if I could find the time to physically do what I was going to, yeah, it just, you have to weigh all that out. And I think that's, that's also, you know, it's the joke of the year of like, or the century, if you will, that like, I bet if you walk in your house, you've got things that are 90% done that is me to the nth degree (laughs) because sometimes like deadlines for other people, whether it's a brand or whether it's just a a individual purchasing a product, um, like they have to come first. So like you, you know, yes, my pantry doesn't have outlet covers on it still a year later.
0: Uh, Um, You, you probably talked to Julie enough that she's the same thing. It's like, you're right. The base trim's not done in my living room. Cause I'm going to film that soon. I got to film yeah. that. And that's why I'm it's gonna not done. I'm going to get
1: right to it. Yeah. yeah. Same. So same.
0: it's on the list.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it said like where in any, like I would say skill trade of any sort, even if you went into like hair and nails, even like, let's just yeah. switch it up just to, you know, give some perspective. I mean, how many people have ever like done your hair or your nails that are like, they just got fresh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, the reality is like when you do it every day it's easy to like put your stuff aside, you know.
0: So, yeah, legitimately, you know, I've done what 29, 30 years in kitchen and bath design and last yeah. year was the first time I actually did my own kitchen to the studs.
1: That's so crazy. I'm I'm going to be doing that soon, um, but I have a load-bearing wall and Woo-hoo! I know, super fun. So we're going to have to get really creative on that. That's one that you bring in a structural engineer because it's a two-story house. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, you got to do all that. Obviously. We don't take Can chances. Can you help design
0: there. it now? Let's, let's chat because I still oh, have my program. Oh, it's going
1: to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be super fun because like the, I joked about the pantry just now, but um, that used to be a breezeway in my house and we enclosed it. Like I raised the slab to be the same level and enclosed it. So now I have this amazing 120 square foot pantry. Sweet. So like, Right. Which I love to cook and bake. So yeah. like it was a big That's deal awesome. and ours was like super tiny. And I was like, this is so weird that this house, this size has that, but that pantry will now end up being part of the kitchen. So there's going to be a big, yeah. In our house is laid out funny. It's like the late nineties layout where it's like semi open, semi not. <laughs> they weren't sure what they wanted to do. Lots of rounded corners on yeah, the Yeah. I was going to say rounded
0: corners everywhere, archways, all that stuff. Oh that yeah. You the see. arches
1: that aren't, not for me. Yeah. So I'm, it's going to be a fun one. I just, honestly, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. I keep telling Matt, I'm like, God, I got to get to this kitchen, but it's who knows. But yeah, when I do, you're like the first person. Yeah. Let's chat about that. Yeah. And actually I was, when I was at IWF, which was a international woodworking fair, yeah. I walked through like the cabinetry section and was talking a little bit to Reva Shelf. You've heard mm-hmm.
0: of them. Oh yeah, know them well. I know all those guys really well. So Dude,
1: some of the creativity in these like inner cabinet workings, I was like, you have literally like a knife block under yeah. the like, I was like, this gives me so much inspiration.
0: <laughs> so like I, I have that- the yeah, I have the powered trash can. So when okay. uh um, So you can bump your knee up against it and it pushes the trash can out. It's the bloom, uh, you know, their whole system there. So it's just touch, you know, we've
1: probably all seen at some point, like, you know how somebody has the mixer in the bottom cabinet and they pull it up. Okay. So I thought that was as far as this tech (laughs) has gone wrong again. Like Uh I was amazed. I was like, okay. And I didn't really spend a lot of time at the booth either. I just was like, okay, okay, okay. Okay, I mean, I was, yeah, like I was like, I now I'm gonna make my kitchen three times as big because I mm-hmm. want all of these cabinetry options.
0: <laughs> and I can tell you, I can help you navigate that because some of those things are super cool. Yeah, and some of them suck enough that you go, "Oh, this is awesome," and then two months later, it's You're in like the corner of the garage because you went, nah, I'm not gonna do this." Yeah, so I'll help you navigate that.
1: Yeah, that would be good because honestly, that would be uh, that would be such a bummer if like all that extra labor, time, work, energy went into it and then it was like. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. redo our, uh, master bedroom too. Cool. uh, the bathroom. Sorry. I said bedroom, bathroom, yeah. master bathroom. Uh, but I want to do some cool cabinetry in there, but I'm going to build those from the ground up. Of course, where it's you like, are. Gonna, of course I am in the kitchen. I'll be honest. I may not build those cabinetry cabinets from the ground up. And that's probably that. been why I haven't done it for no other reason than to get enough cabinets. Like where would I store them once wow. they're assembled?
0: I used to run cabinet shops. It is so much work.
1: Yeah. Whereas like a few vanities in smaller cabinets, no problem. But I don't have the space. I'd have to like rent a U-Haul, the storm short term. I don't know. I, yeah. It wouldn't, I don't know that it would be logically sensical. Yeah. Whereas if you go through a manufacturer, like you order it in advance and then it gets in and shows up. it's done in a day or two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it's kind of, yeah, you know. I get that. You know, you gotta weigh it. You gotta weigh it. Sometimes, sometimes things make sense. Even, even if you have the skill, you gotta make sense of it.
0: (laughs) Oh, I could totally build my own cabinets. Did I do that? No, I just, I, I didn't. I
1: mean, I've done it. Like I did it in my laundry room. I did it in my pantry. And like, there's, I mean, of course, like I did it in the kids' bathrooms, but like, again, scale. (laughs) Yeah. And if they were open, and didn't have doors or weren't painted for six months. Like it was okay. Whereas your kitchen, you need that functional pretty quickly.
0: Absolutely. It's gotta be tough too. Cause it's going to get, you know, the bathroom gets a different wear than, than, you know, your kitchen does. That's honestly why
1: I really haven't done it is cause like, I just don't know if I can handle the chaos of like, and being somebody who's worked in people's homes, like that is that's going through that. Like I don't envy them. And I think it's important to always, you know, put yourself in another person's position because, like, sure, that's hard. It's hard to have your house upended like that, oh. especially when you have kids and, like, we have two dogs and, like, yeah. you know, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I, I dread it. Yeah. even being somebody who was going to be doing the mo- most of it myself oh, you know yeah. what i mean no
0: it's it's not fun i got to ask you so you and i <laughs> weren't in the same class but we got to go play with metal this last week the blacksmithing Smithing, yeah wasn't that fun
1: it was like the coolest thing i cannot even imagine how overwhelming it had to be like for the the owner of that shop cuz oh. there's a lot of people there right Um, dude, that was a first for me. I've never done it. It's something I've always wanted to do. Yep. So I could have just, I wish I could have slowed down and just like taken in more of it, but it was the coolest thing ever. Like he really working with metal.
0: So that's my, that's my medium. I actually took auto body class in high school and college so I could do my own hot rod stuff. So that's working with metal, English wheel, that kind of stuff. And I had not used a power hammer like that in, geez, 20 years, but I got on and the kid looks over me, he goes, you know, the kid with the curly hair and there goes, you've done this before. I'm like, it's been a lot of years. And That thing was, that thing was
1: serious. So I don't know if you knew, I, like, I, I obviously had uh, I mean, not that everybody knew, but I had like a terrible migraine walking into it.
0: Oh, yes. That's right. I forgot about that.
1: So like power hammer plus migraine, plus it was hot. I was like, I'm struggling, but I'm gonna enjoy every moment of this. Like yep. it was I mean, it was unreal to be a part of that. And and like I said, they um, you know, Keen really thought that through and like what a lot of us would really enjoy. So I didn't realize you'd done so much metal work in your history because now it makes me feel kind of like now you need to come and build some uh furniture with me a little bit. Yeah. So, absolutely. You know,
0: mix That'd it be up a great time.
1: Yeah. Right. And now I want to learn more metal from you, bud.
0: Oh yeah. It's fun. I mean, it's uh it's it's great, but uh, yeah, that was to describe what these power hammers are. You might have seen them, you know, on TV shows and some of the automotive stuff, but think yeah. of a 2-ton a big rod coming down that is over you know, and over. Over and over just junk, junk, junk. Yeah, junk, and it's junk. It's Shakes funny the
1: because they were massive. Like I don't think I really Thought too hard about how that stuff you know came to be, um but yeah, I mean, they were massive and they were loud, and like these things were like i mean i I thought like my bandsaw was pretty big. <laughs> I have a big bandsaw so that one was like those power hammers were like the footprint, the sheer size was incredible, and the amount of force they yeah. hit with was absolutely shocking like. I don't think anything, yeah. I mean, and then, too, like, the kiln that he was heating everything in first. Like, (sighs) I have a kiln for pottery. Again, it's just me trying to always do
0: everything. You're not grabbing stuff out of it when it's on and hot, right?
1: No. No. I was like, oh, my God, this dude's hand. I can't believe, I I have no idea how. I I can only imagine some of the burns he's had. Six
0: inches away from the front of that thing, and he's grabbing hot metal out of that. And it's just like. Wow.
1: But if you're doing it every day, like the thing is, it's funny because. It's like
0: a table saw when you're doing it every day.
1: Right. Like your experience and like, that's where the safety police, sometimes I'm like, oh my God. Experience is really very relevant. Flip side. We all, all could be safer. No matter how much you're, you know what I mean? Like everybody should always do the best they can to avoid injury. But I was absolutely like, holy crap. this dude's gonna i'm gonna lose we're gonna somebody's gonna lose a hand you know what i mean like i couldn't believe yeah
0: yeah that is one of the most intimidating tools the first time you go up to it yeah you're gonna push down on that lever yeah there there is an intimidation factor that is very high more so than most tools
1: yes and you know i don't know if you saw this but like there was like uh part of the machine. So obviously it's, it's massive. And yeah. it was very obvious that it had been like recently greased, which is great because you could see like grease coming out of the bearings and like, I mean, it was just like, what in the world am I doing? I mean, it was so neat. Like <laughs> I could, I wish I had ch- a chance to just like walk around and look at all the other tools. Cause as much as like, that is not something we see all, every day. Yeah, He also had like belt sanders and like, I mean, where I'm like, this is so rad. Like,
0: Oh, I, I, I you could have left me in there for a week and I wouldn't have yes. come out. You know what I mean? I know.
1: And you know, for as much was going on in that shop, I will say you could tell that the man who owned it, like he'd been doing it forever. He probably's <sighs> never, he's probably been in that same location for a long time. Yeah. But it Did was, you notice
0: the stamps on some I, of those machines? The what? The stamps where they were made? Uh-uh. So there's one of those big uh, hammers there had the CCCP made in USSR. It was a piece of Russian government machine. And I'm like, not sure how that made it out of the country, but it's pretty cool. But he was Russian, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was. But it was like, huh, he had friends in high places to get that out. And, you know, no, I didn't realize
1: that. Like, that's kind of that's and Now I want to feel like we should go back and ask questions.
0: Yeah, I'll send you the yeah, picture. I took curious. a picture of the tag. I took a picture of the tag I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah, cool." Yeah,
1: no no kidding. Like that's god, that's like a relic too. Like that's Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was it was a uh, it was funny though cuz looking around the shop is as, as chaotic as it was, like you could tell it was like really well organized. And mm-hmm. I like really enjoy walking into a shop that I always kind of get like roll my eyes a little bit when you see somebody shop like super meticulous and like you're a woodworker but there's not a speck of dust or like nothing's yeah. out on like cuz that's not come on you're not working in there then right that's not realistic Look at my
0: chaos behind me I mean it's yeah. you
1: know like just thrown up on the wall and, and, you know Yeah like if it's too organized I'm kind of like Yeah yeah right <laughs> Uh but I I loved that like you could tell it was organized but used do you know what yeah. I mean like there's something about that energy that that was really like palpable. And I, I don't know, I get a kick out of that. I love stuff like that.
0: Yeah. You could see what the purpose was for everything. And then yeah. everything had been cared for, well yes. used, but cared for.
1: Definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, some of that stuff was like, had to be 20, 30, 40 years old, like ha- easy. Yeah. Um, easy, but everything had a place and like, there was a a method to the madness, if you will. Like, I mean, it was, it was interesting. It would, it yeah. would have been cool to like have spent more time exploring, you know?
0: Yeah. I got to go back there and I'm going to take one of his knife classes. I've got to do that. Cause I'm I'm curious to do see, got to do it. It'd be a good TV segment if anything.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm sure too, when there's, it's probably even cooler when, you know, it's only a couple people or if you could ever do like yeah. a private one-on-one, like, cause I feel like there's, you could tell that he had so much information in his head. You know what I mean?
0: He was trying to rush 20 people to yeah. build pry bars with a bent end on it like a crowbar for It was very three ambitious. Hours. You know what I mean? It was pretty cool considering.
1: Yeah, yeah it would know. I mean, of course, and that was what was neat. It was like, god, this was I don't think I realized how much went into it because when they were like, "Oh, we're going to be doing this." And I'm like, I think we're going to make like a keychain. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. I, I mean, I didn't yeah. really ask. Right? Yeah. Like but I would have never imagined he would have even tried to take that on. That had to be a lot. And it was, I mean, the coolest thing. Like, yeah, you'll have to let me know how the knife class goes. Cause like, I want to go make my own hammer really bad.
0: There you go. Right. Wouldn't that be dope? That would be super fun. That would be super fun. Put your logo yeah, on the side it's of funny,
1: it. Yeah. Right. Like, that would be so rad. There you go. It well, was go. a good time. That was a fun event.
0: That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Well, Sarah, we are running out of time. So we got to make sure that we send people your way here. So uh, how can everybody track you down?
1: Oh, well, that's easy. So uh, toolgirlsgarage.com is my blog. But then, of course, you can always find me on any social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, et cetera, um, at Tool Girls Garage or Sarah Listy.
0: You got it. And the TV show. Over on Roku. Oh, yes,
1: of course. Wow, I'm really bad at this, aren't I? <laughs> um, the TV, show, <laughs> the TV show, I am the host uh, with my co-host, Mikkel, on season two of Murder House Flip. You can find that on Roku channel and also on the Roku website.
0: Check it out. It gets the around-the-house seal of approval, so it is super oh. cool.
1: <laughs> hey, I'll take that. That's like a million pats on the back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome! Thanks for coming on today, Sarah.
1: No, thanks. Anytime. You need to fill in, I'm I'm your girl.
0: Uh, we'll be doing it again. I'm Eric G, and you've been listening to Around the House. Somewhere unseen and undiscovered, anywhere beyond the mean. Love is a love song. Let's be lovers.